listening to the Heavy Checklist Podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Heavy Checklist Podcast. Uh, tonight, we are with one of my favorite people in the entire world and somebody you guys have heard from before. Um, we're bringing her back on the show because last episode was so incredibly powerful and the feedback that we got from you guys was so incredible that uh, it, we just had to. In fact, I knew this was coming. I knew this was uh, going to happen. Um, Andrea, welcome back. Thank you. So obviously... Um, People like what you do and they like uh, what you shared last time. So that's why we have you back here. And you and I have discussed this quite a bit. Uh, this is kind of a mission that you have, that we all have, um, which is to help heal. Yeah. Right? To, right. to um, The way I view this is God has given us all very specific and unique talents. And the reason why he gave us those is not so that we just put them up on a shelf. He gave us these talents. Um he gave you a lot of talents and you use those talents to make other people's lives better. And so that's what uh, the goal is here, obviously. Um, I'm joined by co-host, Mr. Uh, Big Marcus Wing. Howdy, y'all. Yeah, there we go. And uh, Hans. Hans is making another guest appearance. You're becoming a regular. Well, I mean, this we're starting off, okay? This is the beginning. <laughs> Stepping stones. Hans has uh, some very important questions that we're going to dive into tonight. Uh, what was that one you asked? <laughs> Something, something, something about your wife. Let's just go ahead. Next. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, uh, we're going to get right into it. Oh, some of the stuff we're going to discuss tonight is we reached out to you um, and said, submit some of your questions. And we had tons and tons of questions. Um, and I did this yesterday. I, said, I put out a story and said, send some of your questions. Two issues. Number one, uh, the, the question asking format on Instagram stories is not great. You're limited to like... 200 characters or something or less. So oh. they couldn't get very full in-depth questions. And the problem is I would see people start writing long questions and then it would get cut off oh. right before they got to the meat and potatoes. So um, if you asked a question and we don't get to it, it either got cut off or it didn't save on Instagram um, because we didn't save the story in time. But we do have a bunch of questions. And I also have some things that I've personally felt compelled to talk about. Um, many of you probably don't know this, but I personally work with Andrea on um, a regular basis on my own stuff. We all have stuff. I didn't really know that I had stuff though until fairly recently. Um, you know, you think as you go through life, you'd get your bumps and your bruises and your battle scars and you think that's just who you are and uh, you move on. But turns out um, as we go through these different experiences, we start to carry a little bit of uh, a little bit of weight from these different things that we experience. And it's really not necessary. We don't have to carry that. We can learn we can let the experience kind of mold who we are, but we don't have to bring the bad with us on that journey. Right, Andrea? Or carry it. Right. Just carry it for a long time, like almost self-sabotage. How many people, when you first meet with them, would you say it's probably 100% of the people you meet with are carrying way more oh, yeah. than they need to? And half the people aren't even aware they're doing that. Right. they're just so used to living like that, I they don't no know any different. I honestly had no idea... Um, the weight that I was carrying and more importantly and more, you know, more, uh, the exciting part for me is that you can unload that weight. You don't have to carry it mm -mm. just because you went through something doesn't mean that you have to take that experience with you or the negative emotions attached to it throughout Correct. the rest of your life. Correct. So, um, we have a handful of questions that we want to dig into, um, for you guys. And uh, a lot of them came from you. And then, like I said, some of the stuff we're going to discuss is things that I've personally learned through my experience with Andrea. And uh, 
you guys are welcome to chime in anything that you've experienced anything you've learned or anything that you want to uh, get into it's really hard um i found out to define who you are it's really hard people ask me Kenny has been trying to explain to me who Andrea is for 10 years. And I still had no idea when I've had my first uh, meeting with you. But some of the some of the responses that we got from the last uh, podcast, you know, comments on YouTube, messages that we've all got have been so powerful that it's like, we need more of this. We need more of you and, and um, your gift and your knowledge and your ability to heal people. And it's crazy how you can heal people by just helping them become aware of things that maybe they didn't see. Right. And that's what I think you're really good at. And the reason why I love working with you is because you do it in a way that uh, there's no judgment. And, you know, working with somebody like you, you would expect there to be no judgment coming from somebody who's trying to heal you. But what, what, what surprised me was, I didn't judge myself either mm-hmm. when I came across these things and we started working through them. You would think that as you see something come up like this, that you've been carrying or some negative emotion that is now manifesting itself very you know, prevalently in your life, you would think that you would judge yourself or feel bad or, or wonder you what's wrong with me. You would judge yourself if I felt, if you felt I was judging you when you were talking, you would immediately stop. Absolutely. But because you felt there was no judgment with me, you felt safe in not judging you. It's a gift that you have to be able to, because it's, I mean, you hear some crazy things. I do. And if I judged, I couldn't do what I do. My whole focus is to get rid of the blocks so that the people can hear God. That's my whole focus. And you genuinely do it. That's the thing. It's one thing to say, I'm not going to judge you. And it's another thing to have somebody tell you something so crazy and have it just pass right through and just you just become kind of this a very safe place and so I want to help people that are listening to this kind of become that safe place for themselves um, because not everybody's gonna have an opportunity to work with you which is mm-hmm. it's a damn shame I mean I wish everybody <laughs> could could just have an Andrea and I've had so many people reach out and say you know thank you for the podcast I'm now looking for a, a, a cranial sacral therapist and stuff like that I will tell you, you should go find somebody, but you're never going to find an Andrea. Like there's just, there's but we can one give of you. tools. We can give yes. tools that everybody can do. And home. that's the whole purpose of what we're doing here. Um, and why, why we have you back. So getting right into some of the questions, um, you had some really good questions there. Um, one of the questions that I had on mine, um, that somebody submitted was, was, uh, how, how do you, so on the last podcast, we talked about forgiveness, mm-hmm. um, forgiving other people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this question is, how do I forgive myself? How do you start the process of forgiving yourself? We all make mistakes, and and sometimes it's really hard to say, you know what? It's uh, <laughs> I I'm speaking from I'm speaking from a place that may not relate to this as well because I'm really good at forgiving myself. I, I told you in one of my last sessions with you. Um, and Mike, uh, Mike told us this as well. When I ask for forgiveness, I legitimately feel like I've been forgiven. And so for me, it's less of an issue, but there's a lot of people who carry that. A lot. What would you suggest? A lot. I think for me personally, it's if you don't have a belief in God, get one. Yeah. <laughs> because I think it's just asking God first, you know, trying to make it right with God, like owning up to, I recognize that maybe some of the choices I made weren't the best for my highest and best self, didn't bring out the best in me, didn't 
connect with my moral values or what how you saw is recognizing first that you made the mistake is the biggest because a lot of people are kind of numb out Mm -hmm. and they're not even aware they're doing it so when you have that recognition is just being able to acknowledge that i feel like god pricks your conscience to improve yeah and i feel like however you want to view it adversarial like stabs you and makes you just feel terrible uh, 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 all over and you feel like a loser you feel like a failure you feel like you can't you you know you don't have any hope you feel hopeless i think that is adversarial so for me is to acknowledge first where are those voices coming from if that's self-sabotage if that's coming from the i don't know i think we all have a dark side if that's coming from your dark side or if that's coming from you know, we all have the light of Christ in us. So if, is that coming from the light of Christ? Are we feeling like we're getting a conscious um, prick to improve ourselves, to to be better? Like I feel like God says, you know, hey, you probably could have handled that a different way. Hey, yeah. you probably could have done different on this situation, but he's not going to shame you and guilt you and make you feel horrible. So to me, I just feel like it's first recognizing it making it right with God, making it right with whoever you wronged, and then um, acknowledging what you learned from that experience. Like, okay, because of this experience, I gained some wisdom that I probably would have never had had I not experienced it. And so maybe being able to see, okay, here's the lesson that I learned, and here's my takeaway from that lesson, and now I can let it go. Like, I don't have to sit and live with it. You know, you may repeat that same mistake again, but I feel like there are no mistakes if you learn from them. You know, one thing that I found to be really powerful, and it just kind of depends on what type of learner you are. We all learn differently. I learn visually. I'm a very visual person. I have a photographic memory. So when I when I have a memory, if you say a word or a memory, it's going to pull up a slideshow in my head. So that's how I do things. It's the worst. I get caught in it all the time. <laughs> I call them out for things all the time. Yeah, it backfires. Yeah, ninety nine point nine percent time because he remembers word yeah, for word. It's what annoying. He said. I remember. I just have this picture that's that gets painted, and mm-hmm. so I found something that helps me is being able to have these visual aids. One thing that um, I wanted to ask you on the forgiveness note: Do you think it would be helpful if, while you're going through the process of forgiving yourself for something, writing yourself a note? or a letter and mm-hmm. discussing how you feel in that moment. So mm-hmm. working through it, getting getting to the point where you're actually starting to feel, okay, you know what, I am okay, I'm, I, I do mm-hmm. forgive myself. What about writing that down and writing that to you in a letter? So I have suggested that to my clients before. And so you would just say, dear Dave. Yeah. And so you're writing a letter to yourself, you're spilling your guts out. Then I say, turn the paper over and then see it as if God's writing to you. Oh yeah. Dear Dave, okay. and then feel what God is telling you. And God is so merciful and he's just so forgiving. And he just always has his arms out saying, just let me help you. You know, don't have to suffer this by yourself. Let me carry some of those rocks for you. Sometimes I just visualize putting whatever it is that I'm going through in a shape and a color and handing it over and surrendering it to him. And then I visualize God sending me back a shape and a color with trust, forgiveness, love, and putting it back where I'm carrying that burden in me, you know? It's powerful. So visualization, writing yourself notes, that kind of stuff. Um, Did we not put our phones on silent, Andrea? (laughs) (laughs) Actually, pull up that list of questions while you have your phone out. Um, I I have a question, though, really fast, along the same lines. Okay. What's the difference between, like, this and, like, the repentance that we're used to? 
like going to your bishop or going to whoever you believe in in a religion. Like, well, I like think what's the, the difference there, right? I just think the word repentance is coming to Christ. I mean, that's all it is. I mean, repentance is just coming to a higher power to, other than you. That's all it is. It's not saying you have to come and confess everything. It's just come to me. Come, you know, let me help you. Let me, let me be there for you. So do you think people can really change without going to a physical higher power, whether it be a bishop or a priest or whatever it may be? Do you think people can repent fully and be forgiven without having to go to somebody? I do. I do. I do too. And that's, for those of you listening, we have a lot of people who are members of our same faith um, who listen to the podcast, and that's you know I don't want to I don't want to preach false doctrine, and so don't take this as doctrine. This is my personal experience, though. Growing up in the church, we learned that repentance is a step by step by step. You have to do it in a certain process in a certain way, and that always terrified me. Um, and as I look back, I think there's a lot of things that I didn't work through as a kid because. I you didn't were scared to death. I was to scared go to the bishop. Yeah, well, that scared to death of the bishop or whatever the process was. was. The five R's. <laughs> it's like you know what? It doesn't have to be that procedural. It doesn't have to be step one, step two. It has to be basically taking whatever it is that you're trying to become, you know, get, receive forgiveness for, taking it to Christ, putting it in front of Him, and saying, "This is a problem." This is something that I've dealt with. This is something I don't want to deal with because Christ knows that you know the, our, our intentions. He knows what we want to accomplish, and so as long as we're honest with Him, I feel like that's the biggest step. I think you know in our church there there are procedures that you have to go through if you do certain things and talk with certain authorities. But my advice: don't get so hung up on the procedural side of it and get more. Connect with Christ. I think that there's so many people that look at God as like this figure that's up above us shaking his finger saying, no, 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 no. You shouldn't be doing that. And and then he like throws down like the punishments, right? And I just think that it's completely backwards. And I feel like it, God has more love for us than, more we mercy, can, more than we can imagine. You know, and the only way I get it is I look at my kids, that my kids, man, no matter what they did, I, I can forgive them and, and move on, right? But I think that we need to get the idea of God as like this judgmental, you know, you did something wrong, now you're punished. I think we need to get that out of our minds and get like the loving, like open arms God that says, I'm glad that you're back. That you're reaching for me, that you're letting me help you. Absolutely. And I think what I have found that people see God like they do a parent figure. It can either be a mom or a dad. But if you feel like a parent figure was judgmental, putting the finger, very authoritative, you have a tendency to see God that way too. Yeah. And so, or if you think that you know you were loved by your parents, but you didn't really feel it, then you do that with God too. You know, God loves me, but I don't always feel it. So I just think people have a tendency to see God like they do a parent figure, an authoritative figure. And if the parent was really loving and compassionate and really forgiving, they tend to see God that way. That's what I've seen in my practice. When, when people feel like God is a certain way, I say, let me see what your parents were like, and it's almost identical. Because it's a father figure. I love it. It's something that, guys, if you've been afraid of repentance or whatever that process is, maybe approach it differently. Um, just come into Christ. Just, exactly. Just uh, take, uh, you know. And let him carry the burden for you. Like, visualize giving it to him and taking that burden off of you. Right. So last time uh, when we spoke with you, Andrea, we didn't 
we stayed a little bit more um, generic when it came to the higher powers that we believe in, God, Christ. On this episode, guys, we are probably going to dig a little bit more into our beliefs and our relationships with God and Christ because, um, not because we're trying to convert you, but because it's necessary to be able to explain how the process works for us. You can't sit here and tell me that you pray to the universe. It doesn't work for you. And it doesn't work for me because I don't pray to the universe. I pray to God and that's who my relationship is with. And so please don't take offense to this, uh, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, we're not trying to change your beliefs. We're just trying to help you understand how and why we do the things that we do. And um, if you want to try them out, try them. And at the same time, I think it's good for us to share, like, you know, the church relationship with Christ and God, I mean, is huge. And I feel like that's why I'm happy, you know, and I think that's why my family's on a good path. And I feel like all this stuff. So if you're listening, uh, this is a big part of what makes us. And I think it's important that we should be able to share that, right? Yeah, 100%. But if you're listening and you don't have a belief in God or Christ, and how is this going to apply to that? Okay, but I want to tell, I want to share this because there's a YouTube out that's on The Chosen. And The Chosen is a Christian based, taking the New Testament and they're making it in a story form. And so if you don't have a belief in Christ or you don't know where to start, or you don't know much about the Bible, it's just free on YouTube and it's mm -hmm. called The Chosen. And there's eight episodes. <clears throat> and I feel like that is the closest version of how I see Christ. I mean, it is such a wonderful, loving portrayal of Jesus Christ. And so if you don't have a knowledge of that or you don't, that's a good place to start. And just watch the the, the video, like maybe looking at it as, does this resonate as truth to me? Do I not believe this? Or maybe you may look at it and go, huh, I'm not really sure how I feel about that. And just put it on a shelf, like I'm shelving this concept why I explore some others, but just don't get on there with a mindset of this isn't true. Just be open to the possibility that there could be a God or be open to the possibility that Jesus Christ really is how this is portrayed in this video because I think it is done excellent. There's eight episodes and then they just came out with a whole new series again. And it's they're not they're not doing it charging money. It's just free. They're, yeah. yeah, it's really good. Have you guys seen that? Oh, you gotta go watch it. Didn't they film it in Utah? I think so. They filmed, yeah. Yeah, I started watching it. The li I'm, I'm a snob when it comes to lighting with TV shows, oh. and the first couple <laughs> episodes were really poorly lit. Yeah, because it's just the rinky dinky. Yeah, exactly. Doing just that. low budget, but it, it's amazing the story. The line. concept. I need good. to. I need to finish it. Um, my wife just has been like consuming it like crazy, and yeah. she loves it. So, um, I have a question, Andrea, and this is this is for the women who listen to the podcast. Let's say you're. Uh, 30, 35, 40 year old woman, you're married, you have kids. Let's say you're a young mom. I feel like as a young mother, you kind of lose yourself after, after having a few kids, right? Because your world now revolves around keeping other people alive. How do you, how do you get yourself back? That's what I hear every day. Yeah. Yeah, every single day I hear that. And even when I work on people and I try to hone in on who they are, I feel like I'm going like this, just trying to get through everybody that's on them, that's attached to them, to find them, you know, because they do lose themselves. My sister sent me a message the other day. My sister Alicia, her and I are like very, very similar personality-wise, everything. Um, and her her message was, she was responding to to uh, the stuff that we had done with you. And she said, I just want you to know, like, and, and please tell Andrea, like, 
I don't know her, but I love her because oh. she helped me bring my, get my power back. And she said she did that in, in exactly how I'm asking you. She's, she's a mom. She has kids. She has this crazy, crazy whirlwind life. Um, and through some of the practices, meditation, I think is the one that she was mostly referring to, but, um, what, what advice would you give to somebody who feels like they've lost themselves? I feel like when you can ask yourself, what do I want? Do I really want to do this? Yes or no? Your first impression. Because most moms are like saying, oh, I don't really want to do it, but I should because of this. or right. And they feel obligated and they feel like they have to. And then they keep doing that to so many people that they lose who they are. They can't even say no to anything anymore because they feel like the more they serve, the more they do, the better they are. Like their right. worth and their value is in their performance. And so it just feels like if the if they do more for their kids if they do more for their husband if they do more for everybody then they feel of more worth and value but at the same time if they're doing it with resentment if they're doing it because they feel obligated to it will deplete the heart yeah and so if they can say do i want to do this yes or no if i do this will it energize my heart or deplete my heart and and what's my motive for doing this to to please man or to please god Right. please my higher self and so it's really getting in touch with with what fills your heart what brings you joy what brings you happiness and and to learn not to do things out of obligation or have to and then sometimes there's things as a mom you don't really want to do yeah. but you have to look at it and say i chose this so to be able to maybe ask god or your higher self help my have to become a want so that they can want to do it and feel that it was a choice to be a mother. And so maybe just doing things for themselves, like once a day, I mean, once a week saying, I'm going to go take this class just for me, a cooking right. class or a dance class, mm. or, you know, I'm going to just do something just for me, find an interest that they love to do. And I even have told spouses to take turns putting the kids in bed, like Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, it's your turn, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, it's mine. I'm going to go and take a walk at night by myself while you're putting the kids in bed. I'm going to, you know, so you're alternating so that they're, the women are getting fed. Their soul is getting fed every day, doing something that feeds their soul, whether it's a walk, whether it's a hike, whether it's a class, whether it's going out with girlfriends, just trying to do something to break it, them. break it up. You know, yeah. I mean, you are doing an amazing and a very difficult job of being a mother, but mm -hmm. um, that's not all you are. Right. And to have something to look forward to. Can exactly. I share something on that? Yeah. Yeah. Me, I like to ride dirt bikes. I have a Harley. I like to go surfing. I have all kinds of activities I like to do. And Heidi, my wife, this was like a year and a half ago. She looked at me and she says, I want a hobby, you know? And I, and I started thinking about it. I'm like, dude, she really doesn't have anything. Exactly. She's just a mom. Like that's mm -hmm. all she does. Mm -hmm. And we go on date night and stuff, but I'm like, she has nothing to like look forward to, to exactly. work on to. And so I said, what do you want to do? And she said, I want a mountain bike. So we went and bought her a mountain bike and she goes out and anytime she wants to go mountain biking, I say, call your friends, go mountain biking. And I think it's done wonders for her to have something. And I think like Absolutely. us men, we always have stuff because naturally that I don't know. We are just hobby driven. And I think that sometimes we got to think, well, what is it that our wives want to do? And yeah. we, we get them to do something, but then it's also giving them the opportunity to do it every week. And you know? taking turns and say every Friday I'll watch the kids or every Thursday night it's your time to go do something with your friends or every Wednesday And when night, she comes back. She's good. She's stoked. Because her cup is full. Her cup is full. Yes. So Kenny's now joining us. Kenny, come on over. Um, uh, 
those of you who don't know, if you're listening for the first time, Kenny um, has a long uh, relationship with Andrea over, um, how long have you known Andrea? Since the womb. Yes, since <laughs> obviously the womb. Now that she says that, uh, I think I was 16, 17. Oh, wow. Fif 15 or 16. First yeah. time uh, we had a session. Yeah. Changed my life forever. Okay. So um, you've, you've seen, I was just trying to explain to Andrea, it's really difficult to explain who Andrea is and what she does. Because you can, you can th say that she's a cranial sacral therapist and then it's like, okay, but that's not all she is. There's so much more to what she does and what she teaches. And that's why, obviously, she's back here. We're trying to unpack right. as many of the tools that she has mm -hmm. to our listeners to help, to help people it's just incredible the feedback that we got from the last episode. And I felt like we were all over the place because we were, <laughs> but obviously we, we, we did so in a way that people were understanding it and they were able to take and kind of leverage and use these tools. Um, we recently did a meditation class with you and meditation could be a whole podcast series in and of itself. And so we won't get too nitty gritty into that, but help the listeners understand um, a very, very high level basic understanding of what meditation is and what it would look like to them as a daily practice. Okay. Nutshell version. Nutshell version. Prayer is you talking to God. Meditation is God talking back to you. I like that. And so you have to be able to put yourself in an environment where you can hear God. Yeah. Just like getting rid of baggage, getting right. rid of a bit of stuff that doesn't serve you anymore and being able to recognize what it is, surrendering it over to God and then just being open, just being open to listen and hear and, and ask questions. There's all sorts of guided meditations online. Is there any anywhere that you would point listeners for a first-time experience? Yeah, I would go to Deepak and Oprah, 21-day meditation. Deepak and Oprah? Mm-hmm. Oprah yeah, Winfrey. Yeah, he, did, he, did a, he did a thing with uh, He's Oprah? He's done a gazillion of them, and you gotcha. can go on YouTube and download any of their meditations and start there because by far they're the best of any meditation. Awesome. I trained under him for 10 years. And you so know that he, somebody was trying to line him up on the podcast. They were trying to get, get me to interview oh, him. He's amazing. So and I, like it. I trained under him forever. Yeah. Okay. I would come and do that with you. Okay. Oh, yeah. We can do that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be a big deal. You're um, talking about the 21 day abundance one? 20, yeah, all of them. He has an abundance one. He has, there's several. There's one on a different I've done that topic one twice, every time. And I love it. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the guided, but I also probably 50% of the time I do the non-guided with the Well, you did a three-day, he did yeah. a three-day meditation with me in St. George. Was it only three days? Uh -huh. Because in my mind, it was like five or seven. <laughs> because at the time, it was like, okay, we're really going to meditate for, I swear it was longer than three. No, it was three. Well, All right, maybe you, it was You meditated days. the whole time? Well, no, that's what I thought we were going to do. And I was like, it took some convincing, but I love Andrea so much. I'm like, I'm just going to go because everything she does is like magic. She's, she reminds me of like an onion that the more that you are in a place to comprehend and understand, like the more layers you get to go deeper. And from what I thought I understood of her before the meditation, I already thought she was like five layers, six layers deep. But after the meditation, I realized there's another 15, 20 layers <laughs> And as each meditation, we've now done like three of them. Is that mm -hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, they've all been incredibly different, but Way a lot different. of that is is based on where I'm at in my life. Um, and the people. Yeah, that's true. The energy of the last one was one really of my good. very favorite. The one that you were that you did. 
It was yeah, your yeah. energy date. It just I brought, brought that you big, and Kenny. Juicy, delicious. That's energy. what it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, Andrea. The next question I want to ask you, and this is more of a practical thing for our listeners. Let's say there's a husband and a wife, and they don't get along all the time, and they don't communicate very well together. Sound familiar? In this <laughs> hypothetical, are they? What are their names? Uh, <laughs> Does it start with a D? Ravid Ra- yeah. and uh, Smashley. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I think this is every but couple ever. Why don't you ever. share? Yeah. So I, well, I want to I want to talk about uh, an experience that Ashley and I did have, um, where guys. I may be a great communicator on podcasts. I'm not a great communicator in person because I, um, I don't know. I'm Where's even, the sound I'm, effects right now for that? Yeah, the, Say the, that part again. <laughs> I, uh, when it comes to, when it comes to like, um, interpersonal conflict and, and, you know, um, sharing one, emotions. One, one on sharing emotions. I just, I don't do it very well. Um, but during one of our sessions be with, with Ashley and I, you had us do something that I can't stop thinking about. And you said, give each other a hug and let your hearts speak to each other. Don't use any words. And I said, hug heart to heart. And I looked at you and I said, and I just was like, all right, tutti frutti lady. Well, <laughs> we'll give it a shot. And Ashley kind of had the same reaction. And, and then we went in for the hug and it was like, holy crap. When you hug heart to heart versus the way everybody hugs. Right. So this is like right chest shoulder. to chest, like just heart, heart to heart, your heart to her heart. Yes. Um, literally almost trying to line your hearts up like exactly right on top of each other. Um, it was incredible. You could feel it. It was absolutely insane guys. Uh, my experience with it was this was coming right off of kind of a heated conversation that we'd had and, and we weren't communicating very well. And, and on top of that, there was emotions involved where we were both probably a little bit standoffish body language wasn't, you know, healthy. And so she had us do this hug that was heart to heart. And, and she just said, let your hearts communicate with each other and don't even say a word. And it was one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had. And nothing was even said. And but I watched it and felt it. And I felt it was gigantic. You were crying. You was, was crying. We were all crying. It was, it was like our hearts were definitely communicating. And what's crazy is after it happened, I could almost write down word for word what I heard her saying. But she wasn't saying anything. Mm. Walk me through that for our listeners. If, if, if there's a couple out there that maybe has communication issues, I think we all do, maybe has a hard time expressing emotions, is this something that you could try at home? Yeah, I, I first did it with my two little boys, my two youngest, and they had a harder time communicating with me. My other kids are very verbal. I have six, and the other four have no problem communicating with me, but the two younger boys weren't very vocal on their feelings. So I would have my son hug me heart to heart when he was little and say, I would say, feel what my heart is telling you. And then I would just hold him. And then I go tell me when you got it. And he would go, got it. And then I'd say, okay, tell me what you want to tell me back. And then he would hug me and would just sit there and hold it. And I'd go, got it. And then it was just, that's where it started. That sounds made up, but it's guys, it's real. This is a real actual thing i could feel everything my son was saying to me but he had a hard time saying that right he had a hard time expressing emotion but i could feel and i still do it today i mean my youngest is 24 i still say feel what i'm telling you and then he'll go got it you know so, so if we're if we're going to do this at home and we have somebody who wants to practice this find your spouse your significant other whoever it is that you're trying to communicate with 
and let them know what your intention is, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe say our communication's not working. Words aren't working for what we're trying to, to work through right now. Um, I'd like to hug you heart to heart and just let your heart speak to me. Mm -hmm. It sounds crazy and it may, it may feel crazy the first time you do it, but after, after the first split second of holding that person and you start feeling what they're trying to communicate to you, you'll know that it's not crazy and that this is a real thing. And then I had you look at each other. I had them both hold their hands and look at each other eye to eye and yeah. communicate with no <laughs> words and just stare in each other's eyes. And you kept looking away and then looking I'd say, back is that hard for away. you? Uh, I could look at you in the eye all day long, but when I'm, when I'm radiating emotions doing it, that's a whole different story. Yes, it's difficult, but it's, mm. but he did it. It, it, did it. It's not that it's difficult. Like, Oh, I don't like this. It's, it's, I'm, Uncomfortable. A, I'm an all or nothing guy. And so when I'm all, that's a lot coming out I'm feeling a lot. Um, and so <laughs> it's, I don't do, I don't do like, here's a little bit. There's a little more. It's like, okay, well, I'm going to open the floodgate. I'm going to let it all out. And that's why I had to keep on like looking away because it was so overwhelming. Um, but you felt a lot with that too. Absolutely. So, and no words. That's, I guess what I'm trying to say is if you've tried everything or if you have a relationship where communication's broken down to the point where words just aren't working, um, this is something that's a very powerful tool that you can do right now. Mm -hmm. Literally stop, you know, pause the tape. Go hug the person that you want to communicate with and, and try to do some some communication with your was it your spirit? Your I don't even mm -hmm. know what is communicating. Mm -hmm. Something your heart energy, to heart, spirit to spirit. Your, your energy, like <clears throat> I do this with Olivia. Um she, like my younger two, uh use their words better or know how to like express themselves differently. With Olivia, if I hold her, I can feel and know what she's feeling. And it's often not exactly what it is she says. Exactly. Um, and so it, it kind of like removes uh, miscommunication, right? Like, mm -hmm. and, and, and I'm always feeling just love or the need to feel loved from her mm -hmm. and always feeling loved too. And I literally can watch her demeanor change, her legs, everything, uh, the way she's relaxes. Uh, yeah, her countenance, everything. And then I always get a big smile and look up at me. Um, and that, and I ended up doing that kind of on accident, right? Like when I tuck her in, I just hold her longer and longer and, uh, started to get that similar thing. But Lindley and I started doing a thing when we first got married and she hates it. Um, <laughs> I called it 60 seconds where you just look at each other in the eye for 60 seconds. Cause it seems like the day just goes faster and faster and you know, you, you pass each other by. So we do this thing where I say, okay, stop. We just do 60 seconds. You just look at each other in the eyes for 60 seconds. And you communicate and, a lot. Yeah. And she doesn't love it, but I do. And I get a lot out of it. Um, and I, and I like it. It's, I enjoy it. It's interesting because when I picture you playing the cat and mouse game with people, right? You're more like uh, cougar, eat the mouse, move on, right? Like yeah. you're all or nothing. I can totally picture and feel cause it's coming out of you right now. Just you reliving it even. Um, how special that was for you, which I understand why you're wanting to share that. But um, have you ever like talked past somebody like somebody's saying something, you know, uh, and then you're saying something and you're just not connecting. That's where I think this just comes into place. Like even in business settings, if I can sit there and just kind of like focus on what I'm feeling versus what I'm hearing, because a lot of times people say what they don't want. They rarely say what they do want. And it's a weird habit that I think we have as, as humans, they talk about what they don't want more than, than they talk about what they do want. You ever notice that? Yeah. 
fact, you wanted to address that with some of the questions too, didn't you, with empathy? Yes. Um, so one thing that, I guess the best way to put this question is, how do you become more empathetic without becoming a doormat? Can we just define empathetic real quick? Empathy is feeling for other people. It's it's me caring about the way you feel. It's me, It's what is the actual definition of empathy? Um, well, I think sympathy is when I can feel for you, but empathy's I've really experienced it. Yeah. Like you have a death of a child. I can have sympathy for you, but I've never really lost a child. But if I've lost a child and you've lost a child, I have empathy for you because I have been there. So that's exactly the I've definition. The definition literally says the ability to understand, share, and feel the feelings of someone else. Yeah, because you've been there. Yeah. Um, and that's what I think you're doing right now by open up yourself to be so vulnerable yeah. and sharing these experiences. You're like sharing a part of you where you're saying I'm exposing a part of me. I'm being really vulnerable right now, but at the cost of maybe helping somebody else. And that's where I think we get caught up in society is we want everyone to think we have our life all together. But the more you can really share the real part of you, the more you encourage other people to do the same. Right. And then it builds a union, a communication, a um, you know, you, you feel like you're attracting like-minded people, you're sharing, you're helping, you're helping other people grow. You're giving permission to other people to do the same. Right. So how do you become more empathetic? How do you, how do you exercise and flex that muscle? So I think it is being mindful. Yeah. So if someone's communicating something to you, it's not hurry, just give me the three basic facts. What is it? You know, tell me what, no, you're taking too long. And you can tell when you're talking to someone and their mind starts going off, you can tell you've lost them, right. but it's really retraining your mind to just stay focused on what they're saying and really asking to feel like really feel not being in such a big hurry that you can't wait to share your part of what you want to say, or you're in a hurry because you need to go somewhere. So hurry and do it fast. It's just being still and staying present and then really asking God to help you feel what this other person is feeling from their perspective. Yeah. Um, and on the flip side of that, how do you do that without becoming a doormat? Uh, you know, like we talked about the example of a, of a young mom, her whole life becomes, she starts living for everybody else. So at what point is it okay? You do this really well, I've noticed. Um, and you say you put up your bubble and you know, you, you, uh, you let the good out and you keep the bad from getting in. So what advice would you give to somebody who wants to become empathetic, but who, that might be what you would call a, a pushover or, or somebody who's just taken advantage of really easily? What steps can, what sort of things can you do to keep that from happening, to, to retain your power? Well, if you feel like it's depleting you, right off you can tell if it's depleting you. If it is, then take some boundaries and say, I don't like the way you talk to me. I don't like how that felt when you responded in that tone of voice. Um, I don't like how it felt when you said this, you know, you're just saying, I felt this when you did this. And you're just like setting some healthy boundaries up and just saying, I really would appreciate it if blah, 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 blah. Right. Or um, you could maybe, you know, just when someone comes home ornery or mean or upset, you can just say, I realize you had a hard day. Um, just be mindful of how you're talking to the rest of us so you don't, the rest of us don't reciprocate with a lot of those feelings. Right. And just being able to express your truth and just to say it in a kind way instead of mirroring back anger. Yeah. You know, to just 
not give your power away by yelling back. It's like you're saying, I'm going to still maintain the space I'm in, even though someone else around me is really toxic. I put that bubble up, which I told you last time. And I just feel like that's, I I can't even leave my house without being in my bubble because I absorb energy so much. And so for me, it's just every day giving myself that, I choose to release and let go of feeling frustrated, feeling angry, feeling resentful, feeling rushed, feeling annoyed, feeling bugged, feeling irritated. And then just give your body permission to let it go and then put in the positive, whether you believe it or not. I am patient. I am calm. I am safe. I am secure. I'm stable. And you're really getting that everything you need from your higher self and God. I think, did I say this last time where God sends people into your life that are least capable of meeting your greatest needs? No, I've never heard that. So God sends people into your life who are least capable of meeting your greatest needs. And really, you either give birth to it you're born into it or you marry it. Why does he do that? Because so you'll rely on him to get what you need. Because if I rely on you to make me happy, if you're my husband and you come home in a bad mood, then I'm, I'm constantly wanting you to make me happy. And then your bad mood means I can't be happy anymore. So he's just saying, really the people that are closest to you are the ones that you're thinking should fulfill your needs, but it's really God fulfilling your needs and you getting what you need from God, not from another person. And there's layers to this that you don't even see coming. (laughs) I think everybody who's listening should probably stop and rewind that and listen to that part over and over again, because I've never, ever thought of life like that. I've never viewed things like that. And it makes so much sense because so often we spend so much time worrying about how other people make us feel it's I, well i always I always you want this. someone else to make you happy exactly and it's so funny because even on the flip side of that you hear um we spend so much time worrying about what people are thinking about us and at the exact same time they're worried about what we're thinking about absolutely them. so it's just this weird cycle that we get that we get caught in that um we let other people influence the way that we feel and the way that we're, we live and the, you know, our level of happiness is directly related to what we think they'll allow us to be. Or if you think they approved of what you said or disapproved of what you said or right. snub what your opinion is, you know, but if it's like, you can kind of look at us, say, it's okay for you to have that opinion. It does not affect me at all. And your opinion of me has nothing to do with how I feel about me. Yeah. You know? I read something the other day. Um, this, this goes to the human design stuff with the different energies, uh, manifestors, generators. Um, and I'm a manifester. And one of the, one of the comments uh, about a manifestor is the less apologetic you become, the more magnetic you become. And I started thinking about that and I was like, well, does that mean I got to be like a dick to people? What is the, what does this mean? And it's, it's no, it's, it's stop trying to Please. give people what you think they want and just be yourself and mm-hmm. give people what you want. Right. Exactly. It's that simple. It's such a, it's do unto others as you would have done unto you. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's, it's, it's sometimes it gets so complicated and we start thinking, overthinking it really treat people how you want to be treated, which is karma. Yeah, it is hundred percent karma. Mm-hmm. So, um, there's you, you do a lot of really neat little practices. Um, and, and they're not little practices. These are big, powerful gestures and things that you do than things that you've taught us. Walk me through what I should do with, with bad or negative thoughts. Something pops into my head and I'm, 
I'm saying I'm so stupid. I'm so wrong. I'm Bad so whatever it is. Like self-talk, what, what, self-talk. Whatever those things are that, yeah, when we're hard on ourselves. Hum your okay. favorite hymn. Sing out with Bigger and Dim. <laughs> That's been in there for a while. But I think it's first acknowledging that, that it's song. in there instead of some people want to just totally discredit. Like I have people that come into me that have had horrible things happen to him, like murder. Like a man murdered his her daughter and then shot her husband. And she was afraid to admit or say that she had these negative feelings towards him. She didn't want to be not Christ-like. But to me, then you just bury that, and it and it doesn't, you know, it it will come out in another way. It will come Wait, out so in another way physically. So was she the murderer? No, the, the mother's, the mother, son-in-law, okay. shot and killed the daughter, and then shot her husband. And she didn't want to acknowledge that she had ill will toward right, that guy? because she didn't want to have, not be Christ-like. Right, right, right. And so I think sometimes we think we're bad if we have these negative feelings. And so maybe it's just being able to allow yourself to have this human side of you. And so maybe when a negative thought comes in, go, hmm, that's interesting that I thought that. That's interesting that I reacted over that. Not give it any power and then just see the thought kind of come in and come out. You just acknowledge that you had that thought. And then maybe just thank that thought for coming up so you could acknowledge, wow, that's a layer in me I need to release. And then just say, I choose to release and let go of feeling stupid. And I really am intelligent. I really am smart. I really am capable. And know that your subconscious doesn't know the difference between a truth or a lie. It will just believe everything as a fact. So if you say I'm dumb and I'm stupid, the subconscious goes, I'm dumb and I'm stupid. It does just, that's a fact. It cannot debate, oh, Dave, you're not dumb. You're not stupid. It just believes it. Right. So if you're constantly saying, you just acknowledge you saw that thought, hmm, that's interesting. You let it go. I choose to release feeling dumb and stupid. I'm smart. I'm intelligent. And yeah. I, I do the cancel. cancel that's that's cancel. what I wanted yeah. to ask you. So if I say something negative that comes in and I realize that I can go, oh, cancel, cancel, cancel before it has so a tap. Those who are just listening and you can't see what she's doing, um, you take your finger and you tap your thymus. Thymus, thymus, which is basically. Just if you put your chin down and put two fingers underneath your chin, that's your thymus. Okay. So it's, a, it's at about uh, 12 o'clock from your nipples, a uh, couple, you know, three or four inches, basically between the center of your chest and your throat, kind of right, right. you know, split the difference there. Um, and when you have a negative thought, you, and this is one thing you taught me in my first session was cancel, cancel, cancel three mm-hmm. times. Yeah, cancel it before it has a chance to store in the cells and the tissues right? as a fact. Uh-huh. And then you cancel it out and then say, I'm smart, I'm intelligent, accept, 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 and yeah. tap it again. So your, your thymus is what produces your T cells and when you get stressed or tense or down on yourself, it weakens your immune system. So yeah. by you tapping it, it helps strengthen the T cells and produce more T cells. I love that. So uh, just to recap that, because it's a very powerful tool that I've used quite a bit, and I need to use it more often. Um, I always use it a lot after my sessions with you, and then as I forget or I'm in traffic and I don't want to look like you know crazy, but it's not that big of a deal. If you have a negative thought or idea or whatever it is that comes to your mind, quickly grab cancel a hold that. of it, cancel, cancel, cancel. And it physically does something. Mm-hmm. It, it physically manifests a change and then replace it with um, what you want, which is going to be a Whether positive. Whether you believe it or not. 
Right. Because your subconscious doesn't know. Whether you believe the positive or the negative. The subconscious doesn't know either. Right. So if you're saying something negative, it believes it. But then when you say, I'm smart, I'm intelligent, accept, accept, accept. Right. You know. Your subconscious is going to accept it because accept you're telling it. Yeah, and the more you tell yourself, you're just becoming an awareness every time you say something negative about yourself. You're yeah. becoming aware, and you're canceling it out. Another layer, like Kenny says, another layer, another layer, another layer. Pull up the questions that you had. Uh, you had a couple of really good ones that I wanted to ask. Um, there's another one that I want to get into, which is probably going to be a longer um, answer. So before I do that one, I wanted to look at that list, just make sure that we're... One was, um, give me some small tips to have a great day. Yeah. And I thought that was a cute one, you know, just like being able to acknowledge that you're human and not being um, negative about yourself and maybe starting out by reading. I, I like reading good books that are positive, that are uplifting, that have really great affirmations in them. Saying positive affirmations help. Saying, reading positive things that give you uplifting, um, uplifting, are you hanging on to hands? Yeah, we're holding yeah. hands. It's fine. We need That's okay. It. You can hang on to hands. That'll help you. <laughs> <laughs> hands is over <laughs> there. Hands is over there. And he does not like to hold on to hands. <laughs> but small, I just, that would just, was Very cute. Physical. You know, you, you know, can, on top of that. So what, one thing that I've started doing and, and you helped me with this was, um, when I get up in the morning and I roll over and I, and I go to get out of bed, I put my feet on the ground and I, before I stand up, I sit there and I set my intention for the day. But when I first started doing that, it was like, well, what's my intention? Like I, I'm a high achiever. Mm -hmm. I like to get a lot of things done. And so when I start thinking like, what's my intention? I would start thinking like little task related. That I'm like, well, no, I want to do more than that. I, I don't want that to just, I just want that to be one thing that I accomplish. And I started taking it and making it bigger um, than little tasks. And I found that the most powerful thing that I could do before I even started worrying about my attention, intention was um, I found, and the, these change all the time, but I would take three pictures of th something that I'm really grateful for my kids, my house, my whatever it is. And I pulled it up on my phone and I'll just look at them for a couple seconds and, you know, 10, 15 seconds each. And just because that helps me visualize and feel like an insane amount of gratitude. I would literally catch myself sitting there just smiling at my phone. Like, man, I am really happy. And then when I was done looking at the picture, I put my phone down and I'm in a completely different place mm -hmm. in a completely different world. Mm -hmm. And from there you can then program your day from a, from a standpoint of gratitude and just starting off just with gratitude, joy. which I was going to say is one of the tips too, to start right. your day. So wake up, find something to be grateful for. Find something to be grateful for, meditate for no matter how short it is, release negative feelings and put in positive ones, set an intent for the day. Right. You know what we should do? I, I kind of want to put together like a, we should do a 30 day challenge. You see all these fitness challenges, you know, Brie does this stuff all the mm -hmm. time where the girls mm -hmm. and, and, and people lose all kinds of weight and get in shape. Mm -hmm. We should awareness. do a mental challenge where 30 days, we want you to get up, follow this procedure, take five, 10, 15 minutes, whatever it is, and then do some kind of case studies and see what's happened in people's lives over 30 days. Compare those 30 days to the previous 30 days and see what's different. Mm -hmm. Um, like because a, like a 30 day hard, but 30 day happy, 30, 30 day happy. Exactly. <laughs> 30, 30 days day away. No, but it's the thing is you don't realize how beneficial this stuff is until you start doing it more regularly. I think the biggest problem that, uh, the biggest mistake that people make when they listen to a podcast like this is they hear it, but there's no takeaways. They resonate and it sounds great and they do it for two days mm -hmm. and then they don't do it anymore. I'm guilty mm -hmm. of it. Um, but if you do these things consistently, it builds this insanely powerful foundation um, for happiness. And you'll find that happiness is not external. 
Well, do you remember you did it on your heavy checklist on the last time I was here? It was five things you asked me to lead. Yeah. So if you challenged everybody to do those five things yep. every single day, it can't help but make a difference. I think we're going to do that. And I think we're going to do it in a way that, you know, there's a, there's accountability and people can report and talk about their, their mm -hmm. experiences with it because it's, uh, sometimes it takes just a little extra nudge, mm -hmm. even when it's something that's so beneficial for us. You know, it's so crazy how hard we fight on doing things that are good for us. Mind over mattress. Mind over mattress. I like it. That's a big one for me because mm -hmm. that extra five minutes of sleep sometimes is way more tempting. Uh, but it has no lasting results. Mm -mm. Um, okay. Uh, you had a couple more on your, on your list there. Yes. So the other one I had was, um, these are from people who have written into my, uh, website. Does cranial sacral therapy help with depression? And yes, it does. And, but you can still use the same techniques on yourself by, this is what I feel with anxiety and depression. I'll sum it up. When you live in the future on the what ifs, you get anxious. When you live in the past, coulda, shoulda, wouldas, you get depressed. And both of those emotions are because you feel powerless. If you stay present, you always have control, always. And you only hear God in present time. You never hear God or your higher self in the future or the past, ever. You want a connection. You have to stay present to hear God or your higher self. And so if you find yourself going to the past, coulda, shoulda, wouldas, and you get in these regrets, I should have done this, I could have handled that different, and you just rehash it and rehash it and rehash it, it can cause you to get depressed. And then if you're doing, what if this happens? Well, what if that happens? Well, if this happens and this will happen, then this will happen, and you can get really anxious over it. But you don't get anxious or depressed in, unless you feel powerless. And you feel powerless when you're in the past or the future. It's true. So to stay present, so I just suggest bring your breath back to present time and I like to just on the inhale say be and on the exhale say still mm -hmm. and just do be still, be still, get yourself back to present time breathing and then like, okay, what am I doing right now? All right, I have complete control over what I'm doing now. Yeah. Then you can bring yourself back. Or another one asked on what to do for anxiety on mine questions. If you feel that anxious feeling and you start feeling it come up, you can use all your five senses. So go through all your five sentences senses like carry either a fireball or a sour ball or something in your pocket all the time so that you can put that in your mouth and experience okay what does the taste like what is it tasting like right now what am i seeing right now i'm seeing beautiful white clouds i'm seeing this in front of me what am i feeling you can either carry a rock or something in you that you can hold and rub or a stone i like crystals you know you yeah. could hold those and rub that crystal what am i feeling um, you could even, some people I've seen pinch themselves cause they're focusing on the thought of pinching themselves. What am I feeling? You, then you do, what am I smelling and what am I hearing? And then you go through all five of those senses when you start feeling that anxiety coming on. And by the time you go through all five of those senses, the anxiety is left. That's really two. amazing, Andrea. I've never heard that before. I've never, it's so simple too. Yeah. Well, those are two different ones. Bring it back to breath and yeah. staying in present time and using all your five senses to distract from the anxiety. I love that. That is a great idea. I think that's something that uh, could probably help a lot of people. And it's something that you can literally, like you don't need medicine. You don't need anything other than what you already have, which is your five senses. I love that. Um, on the breath, on the breathing thing, um, I want to share my breathing technique that has I, I've tried a bunch. I've, I kind of dove into the whole breathing thing like crazy over the last couple of years. And I've tried a bunch of different techniques. 
what I've found works the very best for mindfulness um, for me, and mm-hmm. I think this works pretty well for most people, is um, it's a three and a seven count. So you're going to breathe in for three seconds through your nose, just one, two, three, through your nose, and then you're on your exhale. You're going to take and you're going to breathe almost like from the back of your throat, like a like one of those, and and do a good firm exhale, not like a not you know not stressing yourself super hard, but just just here's your in, and then your exhale. For, hold that for seven seconds. And I've, what I found, and I, I, I also heard this, um, is while forcing the air out, you're actually forcing oxygen into your brain. Um, and it's, it's a way to help get more oxygen up there. And if you do this, if you do it, um, I think the it's, it's 70 seconds, 70 to 80 seconds, so whatever seven or eight rounds is, um, it completely changes like everything. It'll, it'll, it'll put you, it'll make you present. But more than that, um, I, I don't even know how to explain what it does for you because it, it, it rewires it calms, everything. Well, it calms the whole central nervous system down. Right. That's what breathing does. Yeah, but being very mindful of it and being very specific. So seven seconds out, and I'm not saying that this has to be what you do, but this has worked really, really well for me. Um, and I, within a matter of, of you know a minute or two, I can completely change my state of mind. Um, and I cannot stress how important this is because we talk about breathing a lot, but I really, really, if you're listening to this and you've never done this before, please just try this. Just stop what you're doing and, and try breathe this. And breathe slow. See. If you forget that one, just inhale yep. the six to eight counts, exhale six to eight counts. Because we all overbreathe. Yeah, for so sure. So shallow breathing, just, ah, you, just mm-hmm. you don't pay attention. I'm super guilty of it. Um, if you've ever been around me, you know that I'm a really heavy breather. People tell me all the time, like, dude, like, are you out of breath? And it's just me, like shallow breathing, not paying attention. I just, mm-hmm. I'm not very efficient with it. So it's something that um, I found everything in my life is better when I breathe better. Absolutely. So it's a powerful, powerful tool. Um, Andrea, what is, what is my higher self? It's your spirit. How do I, how do I get to know that guy? Well, I feel like sometimes we, we listen to our body and our mind more than we listen to the spirit. Yeah. And so sometimes for me, if you just see them like as maybe three separate entities yeah, and you're just wanting to tap into that spirit that's connected to God and that has the genetic blueprint for everything you have to be happy, successful, at peace, none of the answers for our happiness is outside of ourselves. When, when you see your higher self, does she look like you? No, she's way better. Amazon warrior <laughs> Do you, do you have a do you have an image that you see when you when you when you yeah, feel your I higher do. self? I do. And you and it's something that do you think it's an image that you created or is it what it is? It's one I've really worked at trying to get to know better. Sometimes it's easier for people to know their higher self more than it is to know God. And so if you can separate your body and your mind, Sometimes the body's sluggish, the body feels lethargic, the body eats crappy. Sometimes the mind is like always telling you things you got to do next, is working from the ego. But the spirit is connected to God. And the spirit is just the most calm, patient. It's got the same characteristics as God. What's crazy about that, though, is God is like the Wi-Fi modem. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he allows your spirit to connect to my spirit mm-hmm. when we're nowhere near each other. Mm-hmm. Hence, 
the texts that you send me and my wife and, and different people that you care about sometimes like, Hey, like, are you okay? I was, you know, thinking about you or thinking about this. I was prompted to, to feel or touch you or, or reach out. That's you're basically using God's Wi-Fi network with your spirit to communicate with people, right? Yeah. It's like you thinking about someone and then all of a sudden they call you. Yeah. They telepathically it's got not a your coincidence. thoughts. But on the same scale, if you're talking bad about people and gossiping about people, they can feel that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they can feel when you don't like them and you're being all fake with them. Yeah. They, their spirit is saying, oh, I've already sensed that you're talking bad on me. Right. And they can also feel when you genuinely care about them and have empathy for them and love them and they're sympathetic with them, they can feel that that's sincere or fake. Right. Because we never really get away with anything. No. You can, you can tell if someone's BSing you. Right. You can tell it right off. And they're talking, but your spirit's saying, that's a lie. Right. And even if consciously we're not aware of it, mm-hmm. subconsciously or, or our spirit knows it. And there's knows always truth. And that's where your spirit will, will speak to your gut and you'll mm-hmm. be able to get those gut uh, you know responses, which is another thing I was going to ask you. Um, how do you listen to your gut? So the your gut and your third eye are tied in together. Yeah. So your, your third eye is kind of your spiritual eye, and you'll get impressions in your third eye. You're, you'll just get these impressions, and it's just kind of small and little. If you ignore that, you get a pit in your gut. Yeah. And so when you get that pit in your gut, it's usually, oh, people will always say, oh, gosh, I got that impression, and I ignored it, and I got a pit in my gut. Or you could use my gut, you know, like, you have a belief on something you don't really know why, but you just know your gut is telling you don't do it. You yeah. don't know why you're not supposed to do it. Everybody else is doing it. You really want to do it, but your gut's saying don't go, don't do it, don't do this. You know, it's usually you got the impression in your third eye first, but you ignored it, so it'll go to your gut. And then I always say, what's your first gut impression? And like first gut, don't yeah. don't think about it. No. Don't 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 like overcomplicate it. Right. What did your gut just tell you? Right. And it's always telling you something. Always. Because it's connected to your spirit, your right. third eye. I love that. Uh, one thing that I'm starting to learn how to do better is follow my gut because um, I got a powerful, powerful gut instinct. Um, it's almost impulsive sometimes. And that's, there's a lot of good in that. And there's a lot of things that you have to control when it comes to that too. Um, but I've learned that it's just never wrong. Mm-hmm. My gut is always, always right. As long as, as long as I'm, I'm giving it a chance to talk. And the more I act on what it's telling me, You'll get the more. more clear the next answer becomes. Absolutely. It's so incredible. When you say your gut, does that mean that it's bypassing your third eye? It's a no, direct connection. You get, it, you get it first with your third eye. You get it first with your spiritual eye. You get this first, this prompting, which I believe is like the light of Christ. You get that first, and then if you ignore it, it goes to the second brain, which is your gut. Was so that like a set, second warning signal? Uh-huh. It's a, yeah, it, it is. It's like when you, it's it's a it's a more distinct feeling. Well, you how know, do they get say that pit in your stomach? God talks to us, he whispers, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then he talks, and then if you don't hear him then... You know, look out, right? Well, you humble you somehow. Well, and then you always say, "Oh my gosh, I heard that. I felt that, and I I ignored it." it, You know, it becomes familiar. Yeah, I've had too many of those experiences. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we all do. What's cool though is if you start if you start listening to your gut, it will reward you, and the the answers will become more clear, more and more and more. Like it's crazy how quickly it responds to, because it's your your 
your body or your spirit or whatever it is is saying it's working. Well, like I jog on the same trail, you know, several times a week. Sometimes I jog and then all of a sudden I hear turn around now, you know, and I don't know why, but it, I do it. Right. Because my gut says stop, turn around. Yeah. And I, I don't have any idea why I'm doing that, but I just. You know listen. what? I think, and this is just my take on that, that either wherever that message is coming from, whether it be from Christ or uh, for whatever reason we're receiving that message, um, I think sometimes it's literally just training. Like when you get that message to stop and turn around, there might not be anything dangerous at the end of the trail, but it's just like exercising that muscle. Mm -hmm. It's you learning how to listen to it and follow it. Mm -hmm. So if you ever do follow your gut and you know, an example like this where you're maybe avoiding danger and then you find out that there was no danger. Don't think that it was wrong. You Just, still don't really know. Or you don't know, but use that as training. Yeah. Try to train that muscle, train it just like you would any other muscle at the gym. And, uh, you'll find that this one has, this one brings the greatest results mm -hmm. and the greatest amount of happiness. Um, Can I share one more thing that yes. was with, that was several questions I had asked, but I'm going to tie it all in one. A lot was talking about being married to a toxic spouse mm -hmm. uh, or, or having a toxic parent or having um, toxic children or what do I do when this person is puking on me all the time and bringing me down and or I, I get irritated easily by this person. I mean, it's all like I said, God sends people into our lives that are least capable of meeting our greatest needs. Mm -hmm. And these expectations that we have that people will meet our needs and then we get upset when they don't. But what I feel is, and I think you, I, I've talked about this with you before, and I can't remember if we did on the last podcast, but you cannot see good or bad in another person unless you see it in yourself. Nope, never heard that. So, you cannot see good or bad in another person unless you see it in yourself. Yep. Give me an example of okay. that. Let's, talk, let's, walk, okay. let's work through this because that's a so lot. So my one thing I'm constantly working on is patience. Yeah. So I, I have a tendency to be impatient. Uh -huh. So we were at a grocery store with yeah, my tell husband. Tell the story about your husband. This is a good one. And we were at the grocery store with my husband, and he's the most patient person in America and never loses his cool at all. He's just chill. So I'm at the grocery store, and the store clerk is being really impatient with everybody going through the line. And I was being bugged by her, how she was acting with people. And then when she turned her head to help someone else, I said to my husband, oh, my gosh, can you believe how impatient she is with everybody? And he goes, I didn't notice. I mean, we're both watching her. It, he didn't even Jeez, see it. wow. He didn't even pick up on it. But because that was in me, it was like neon lights <laughs> in my face, you know? <laughs> and so, and likewise, if I see something good in you, it's because I see good in me. Right. So if I see, wow, you have such a beautiful heart, Dave, it's because I feel like I have a good heart. Yeah, you know? some of the hardest things I've learned or, you know, difficult sessions or things that I've had with you, where I say difficult, meaning people that you say were my biggest teachers, right? <laughs> he hates that. And, and I'm like, I am not like that person. I cannot believe that, you know? And by the time we're done, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. Like, I <laughs> well, can't believe this. Like, It's oh. cool because it's a really easy warning sign. Well, okay, here's another one. I, I think I'm a good listener. I do it all day long. Yeah. 
But I, I go jogging with this friend and she's cut, keeps cutting me off the whole time. I go to talk, she cuts me off. I go to talk, she cuts me off. I never get a talk. I never get to say what I want to say. And I'm going, oh my gosh, this is so frustrating. Okay, change my expectations. Okay, I'm just going to go and listen. I'm not going to say anything because I know this is my my thing in the relationship is just to listen. But then I would get frustrated because I want to comment, but she wouldn't let me. So then I go home and I evaluate, okay, show me God how I'm like her because I feel like I'm a good listener. Right. So why is she bugging me when I think that's one of my good attributes? But if you ask God to tell you, he will tell you. And so Buckle I, so it's, yeah, it's almost like I don't see it in how I am with other people because I put on a different face, but with my children and my spouse, I'm more myself. So when I'm asking God to show me, I couldn't see anything with my friends or people. I'm like, no, I'm a good listener there. I'm a good listener there. Well, then my kids came home from school and this is when they were little and they were starting to tell me about their day. And I'm like, no, don't drop your book back there. Don't put your book, lift your book back. Just take it downstairs with you. Okay. But mom, did you hand in your homework assignment? Did you tell the teacher? Did you give her that? Yeah. But mom, and then all of a sudden I heard God say, oh, look how many times you've interrupted your kids. (laughs) You didn't even let him say a whole sentence before I was going, did you tell the teacher this? Did you bring home this? Don't put your book back down. Take your shoes, you know. But you you caught that and you became aware of it? Because I asked God to show me, and he did. Otherwise, I would have totally been oblivious that I did that to my kids. Yeah. So what did you do with that friend of yours? (laughs) (laughs) I quit jogging. (laughs) (laughs) I just wanted more of an equal partnership. There you go. Did your kids quit you or what, what did we do there? What was my, no, I really became consciously aware. And I'm like, I really said, I'm sorry for interrupting you. I'm sorry for interrupting you. Go ahead. Tell me that was my mistake. I shouldn't have interrupted you. That's a tough place as a parent. It is because, you know, you want to make sure that things that they're doing when they're not home, you know, are getting taken care of. And I'm but sure then the they questions, quit telling you, they quit telling you. Right. I'm sure. You qu- interrupt them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the things you're saying are important, but you got to wait till they're done. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I promise, uh, promise, and Kenny can attest because almost every cranial we've done that, where you're bugged at someone, yep, and then we you say all the things you're bugged about that person, and then I'm saying, do you see any of that in you? And you're like, no, not at all. And then by the time we go through, you're like, okay, yeah, the mirror, right? Uh, Like I'm mirroring somehow, or I'm like, I, I I recognize that. Oh my gosh, I do the same thing just to different people or maybe you're even thoughts that I had and I'm like, oh wow, I cannot believe this. But without going to see you, I would never have put that together. Mm-mm. I would have never seen that. But you can't really be mad at someone when they're just mirroring what you need to heal in yourself. Right. They're being a teacher for you by showing yes. you you're irritated with me because you're irritated about that in yourself. And it's a trip because when you guys first started talking about, you know, uh, that God puts people in our life, you know, that can't actually fulfill our biggest needs. I think that if you really open this thing up, how many people have daddy issues, right? Everybody. Mommy issues. Mommy, daddy (laughs) issues. And it's our expectations that what we have on our parents, right? That was Mm -hmm. one of my hardest ones, the father figures in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was God's way of saying like, no, 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 I'm your father. Mm -hmm. And I got you. Mm -hmm. And that was hard for me, you know, like... I look to different father figures to be there for me as a dad, right? Like, well, wouldn't they be this way as a dad? And then it took Andrea helping me finally to see that I need to go to God. He's always there for me. He doesn't let me down. 
And, uh, and he's consistent. I, and then I stopped putting the expectation on my father figures and I was able to develop a better relationship with them. But it's not that easy. I noticed I was doing that with my spouse, with other people that I was putting expectations on them. And I realized that I had to look to God. And sometimes it wasn't easy, right? Like it was loud. Like God's like, hey, you know, I'm right here. And I have mm-hmm. to look up and grab his hand. Mm-hmm. But those were my biggest teaching moments, uh, the hardest ones. And then you far. really can't blame anyone. You no. really can't blame anyone because they're just being a teacher, a mirror for you to heal it in yourself. Yeah. And it's a lot to take in initially. And you think it maybe just applies to the one thing. But that's why I say there's layers, layers. right? Layers. And it, and it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. And, and you, you can't finally, see it unless you ask God to show you or yeah, you're by yourself. Or you call Andrea until <laughs> you learn. But You've had so many unique experiences, Kenny, with, with people like Andrea and growth and healing. You've experienced a lot of things that many people will never experience. And you experienced them early on in your life. I just kind of have this crazy feeling that that's preparing you for something. I would have to agree that it is for a reason, and I don't know what it is yet, but... Uh, you feel that way? But Kenny, but Kenny, just even if you didn't have to have something grandioso to say that you're what you've gone through, you've helped a ton of people right. with being able to say, I've been there. I relate to what you feel like. I've done that. You have the empathy, and then you're sharing your vulnerable space that I did that, and I get it. And so I think just you not even having to give advice, but just saying, I get it. I've been there. I overcame it gives people hope. Yeah. So I think for nothing else, you've helped a gazillion people with just that. Well, Kenny's the reason why we You're have a podcast. I mean, ultimately he introduced me to the personal development world and the, and the, I hate to call this personal development because that's such a cliche industry. This is like, this is personal growth, but I didn't grow up in this. I didn't know anything about this. To me, life was very simple and black and white, and I would have never probably dove into this realm of things. I would have never gotten to know you if it weren't for Kenny. And if had I not gotten to know you, then the world wouldn't be hearing your message. So there's, it's just crazy how these small little things have such enormous consequences. And in this case, they're amazing consequences. So thank well, you for that. Thank you. And I, I give it to God really is, I look back at us talking about doing a podcast. We were in Belize on a boat and I was a scoutmaster at the time. And I remember saying that, Hey, the world is not real easy on the youth. You know, the youth are having a rough go. I would give anything to be able to tell these guys, you know, that they can do it. Right. And, and that I've been there to some degree, um, in a lot of aspects, right. I mean, in different circumstances, I've kind of lived different lives and I would give anything to share with them any wisdom that I have, even if I help one person. Um, but that there's a whole group of us out there rooting for them too, and yeah. that believe in them, and you know, know that they can do it. Um, but you did make some good um, life changing. Yes, lots of good help <laughs> and life changing. But I'm saying you had some choices that you weren't real proud of, oh, and yeah. you forgave yourself because you saw, you recognized it, and then you had desire to change. And then because you had that desire to change and you asked God for help and you were able to forgive yourself, you were able to feel forgiven from God, then you're able to help other people forgive themselves and know there's hope and you can move on and that you learned from it. And now you're a teacher. Now you get to teach. You don't have to carry shame and guilt around. You can say, I learned from that experience. Now I want to share with you so I can give you hope. And that's what I want for everybody. I want everybody to be able to have that same 
hope. That's what we're doing here, right? Exactly we're just giving everyone hope. Which is brings me to my next step, and this is the my favorite part of every podcast. It's when we turn Marcus into a guinea pig. Oh um, boy, <laughs> Andrew, you you have this thing that you do that is was like it's just so incredibly powerful, um, and it's where you take. Young Dave, and you introduce him to either oh. current Dave or 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 newer or older the, the the older version of myself, and you have those two people talk, and it's a very powerful thing. And so, what I want to happen right now is, um, if you feel comfortable doing it, I would like to offer that experience to the listeners um, in kind of a generic uh, format. Basically, if you could ask them to go back and find a moment in their childhood that the first one that pops up, right? Just follow your gut. What, what's bring, bring me a moment from your childhood that brings you pain. Okay. So grab that and then take them through that process and we'll do it with Marcus. So what she's about to do guys is, um, I, I would my love polarities. I aren't hope reversed. That you don't, I hope you don't, I don't want to screw this up for you. Either. You know, either. Come on, hey, we should have hands come do it. <laughs> this, and the thing is, this may not appear to be anything that there, this might have like, um, very visible, like visible, uh, results, or it might just be something that's happening on the inside. But the reason why I want to do this is because everybody listening and following along will feel something. Yeah. And once you learn how this process works and you can start kind of doing it more often with yourself, you're going to find that there's your greatest teachers yourself. So why not use it? Mm-hmm. So, um, basically what we're going to do is, is, um, are you no, going to be just, vulnerable and open like David, or are you going to just kind of make it all think you're perfect? I'm not perfect. That's very apparent. <laughs> she just called you out. That's that's what that's what that Mar- was. Marcus is pretty open to the stuff. It may take him a second to to grasp yeah. what we're saying because his polarities yeah. will be off. Well, I'm off on every <laughs> polarity you can think of. I'm I'm quite backwards. That's good. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Okay. Let's take so, a journey. So think about a time in your childhood, probably elementary, because that's where you're most impressionable. Mm-hmm. That um. That stands out that was like a, a, a negative experience for you. And we talked about that last week. What's up? Uh, the first time I ever talked to my biological father, I've never, we're not even really talked to him. First time there was any contact was when I, he found out he was having leukemia. So I hadn't heard from him my whole life. And then he found out he was having leukemia. How old were you? I was, I don't know, 11 or 12. Oh, this is good. I like this. So I've never heard from him. Um, but I'd met like my, my mom didn't think that it was fair that like my grandparents didn't know me. So I've actually met my grandparents, my cousins, my uncle, my aunt, I've met everybody except for my biological father and I've never heard from them. They never tried. There was never birthday gifts, nothing. And so the first time I ever heard from him was when he found out how he was leukemia and it, and it was just to see if I was a match. So I, so you I, felt used a little bit. Well, I was a pretty, I'm a pretty happy kid. I never, I don't know. There's not a lot of things that I was upset about, but I think that that was one thing that affected me. Okay. So just give me your five top emotions you felt. I was pissed. Okay. And what else? Probably pissed again. But did you feel used? Like he's just using you for that? Yeah, of get? course. Like I just felt like, look, this guy hasn't talked to me my whole life and now he's dying and he wants something from me. Mm-hmm. So... And what else did you feel? Um, pissed again. I was just, I was angry. Well, but the primary emotion is yeah. hurt and the secondary emotion is anger. So you were really hurt first, right? 
I mean, then it went to anger. Probably, yeah. If you think about it, is there sadness connected to that? I mean, maybe maybe not be the first thing that pops up because anger is easier to notice. Yeah, I would never want to admit it. Like I'm, the, I'm the type <laughs> of guy. I just rather hurt. be pissed. Right. You know, like ah, oh, it doesn't. Ah, oh, it's me, way easier. Man. Yeah. Like, we tell no, someone like that. Andrea tells you that. Anger is a secondary emotion. So, what's the underlying emotion? Yeah, what's and then the, you're like, no, and I've never, I've oh, never, I wasn't hurt. I was just mad about being mad. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I was deep in pain. And I never wanted to admit that it hurt, but yeah, it, it hurt. Of course oh. it did. But yeah. I'd, I'd always just mask that with, you know, I was Anger. pissed. Yeah. yeah. And which so. most people do, and they don't really even realize. And so people will express the anger, but they never express, I'm hurt. You know, which is easier for people to understand than being pissed and angry all the time. So you were you were pissed, you were sad, you were you felt used, and you probably felt a little betrayed. I don't know if betrayed because I didn't know the guy. Well, I don't know. He, you thought he was a dad, and he never ended up being a dad figure. No. So maybe abandoned. Uh, I could say abandoned, but I I had a really good father that was a stepfather too so but don't 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 think about what helped you through the situation think about how it hurt you and what it did to you and 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 be honest with yourself and it's okay just just know that it's okay to say god that really hurt like that really that really let me down that like that 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 left what we're looking for and what the, this whole exercise is about is finding what you've been hiding turn, turn over all the stones I well guess. one thing that i could say that i probably never really admitted like ever was mm. Mm. i always said i hated the guy i never wanted to meet him right but i always did yeah for sure you would you want had, to meet your father you had an ache to get to know him because there was a void in your heart but I never wanted to say that because <clears throat> I never wanted I never wanted to make my mom feel bad because he was a real asshole, you know. But he, you wanted him to want that, not just because he wanted something from you. I, I wanted him. I wanted the guy to be like, "Oh, I wonder about my son." Yeah, you know. So did he come in? Did he approach it like, "I wonder about my, my son," and then I wonder if he's a match? He came looking did, for. Did a match. you feel tricked? At all? No, he just came looking to you see knew. if I could save his life. You knew that that was what he was coming for. Yeah, he just asked my mom. He didn't talk to it's me. Hard. That's difficult. Right. I'm sorry. This is weird. I don't like this. Oh, feelings? Hey, we're getting to the good part. <laughs> okay, so just go there. Just kind of close your eyes and just feel all the emotions of that little boy because you did just feel that little boy's emotions of just pain and really wanted to know my dad and wanted to know that he cared enough about me to inquire, right? So just kind of close your eyes and go back to how that felt and all those emotions that that little 12-year-old boy felt and just kind of visualize that and have that all come up this for you. sucks. Trust me, it's about to get good. Yeah. Close your eyes and just walk, just work through it, man. Because this is, this is the reason why we got here is because this I is... I've never wanted to ever talk about that, ever. I don't want people to know that. But what if there's a lot of other people out there that have had dads that have done that? You and could I, help them. I never wanted my mom to know. You know, I didn't want my dad to think that he wasn't good enough and I needed to go find some other dude, you know. But now it's just a feeling that you buried alive and it didn't ever die. 
And so now you could get triggered by stuff like that if you don't deal with it right now. I don't think it bothers me. I just yeah, it don't think about it. If it didn't bother you, you wouldn't be emotional right now. Well, it's because we keep freaking talking about it. <laughs> okay, well, let's just get to it. Okay, so just really just close your eyes. You can mm-hmm. do better when you close your eyes. Okay, so visualize that 12-year-old boy and everything he felt and experienced, all those feelings, and just kind of feeling like he had this excitement, maybe thinking his dad was caring about him, and then he found out it was just only to get um, to help save his life. And so feel all those feelings the little boy felt. Now I want you in the, maybe you now, in the wisdom and everything you've gone through your life and being able to experience and having a good father figure in your life, and being able to see that maybe there was a reason for that because you had this other dad that you have now that is a wonderful example to you and a father figure, and maybe you agreed with him that that would be the path. So allow your adult self to go and talk to the little 12-year-old boy and just help him see another way of looking at the situation that maybe the dad wasn't capable of being the father that he needed him to be, and this other dad was. And just let him have that conversation with the 12-year-old boy. The wisdom of the adult you or the spirit you. You're safe for the little boy, so the little boy believes you and trusts you. And tell me when that feels complete. So now hug the little boy. Visualize hugging him. And allow the little boy to grow up inside of you, feeling loved and wanted and needed and supported and believed in and encouraged and that you're never going to leave him, that you'll be his biggest advocate, that your higher self, your spirit self will always be there for him, that he never has to feel alone, that he never has to feel unwanted, and then just allow him to grow up until you get to the age you are now. Does it feel a little better? Yeah. So the little boy just didn't have any other way of looking at it because you didn't want to tell your mom. You didn't want to involve anybody else. You didn't want anyone. You didn't even want to admit to yourself you were feeling those feelings because you were too mad. But now you were able to see it was okay to feel that way and that you were safe with your higher self, with your spirit self, with the adult version of you, and that you're, that ended up being a better deal than if you would have had him as your dad, right? I can definitely see that. Isn't that crazy? I would have grew up in Elko, Nevada. (laughs) (laughs) It's a whole different lifestyle. I mean, did you picture it like you're going and having a conversation with Jax? If Jax is having a hard time with something right now, you know exactly how to how to approach him and talk to him and and make him feel like everything's going to be okay. And it's the most insane thing in the world that you can actually go back and do that with yourself. You can take what you know and what you feel now because you know now you're a you're a big strong good dad and you know what's right you know what's wrong you know what you want in your life and you can take all that knowledge and information and experience and go share it with the younger version of yourself and it sounds crazy but when i do it i I literally picture myself now talking to my little confused scared lost self and having just a, a conversation and just 
nobody can comfort me like I can comfort myself. And that's why everybody can do this at home. You don't need that's a what therapist. I'm saying. This is something you can literally do. So everybody who's following along, I mean, I knew this is going to be powerful. I didn't know it was going to be that powerful. I'm, I'm like, still feel weird about here. it. But, but you know, did I do okay though? Do you know what? I so appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that. Yeah. Like I really do. And that's I, something I never really wanted anyone to know. But you know what? I can tell you right now, hands down, there's several other people, and we even had some in our session. In, in our meditation oh, yeah. session that yeah. had that exact same experience. And so I know there's many people that you helped by being honest and vulnerable. So I thank you so much. Your polarities were spot on. <laughs> and think about it. What did you have to lose? Because you don't give a rip what people think. I don't. Right. But I just hate portraying like weakness see it right. isn't though that's an illusion but do you, and that's do you why every your diesel self day as, a weak, <laughs> as weak no i just always looked at that and been like nah it doesn't bother me i'm good you know because what does it mean if you acknowledge that you were hurt. hurt does it mean that you were weak in my mind probably it did yeah right but now does it no but then again it's like dude i don't want my mom to ever you think your mom doesn't know that you were hurt yeah, I'm sure she does. And I, I don't want my dad to feel bad. Like, oh man, well, why does he want to go? Your mom and dad you know? get exactly how you feel. When your mom and dad listen to this, they're going to, this be is going to be one you. of the most powerful things they've ever heard. Yeah. They will appreciate it. They probably knew all that anyway. It was just really good that you were able to get it out and they probably will be happy. Dude, I had one. I had a really crazy one and I ended up telling my parents about it and they were nothing but happy about it. They were happy for me. They knew that I had a hard time with it. But dude, the cool thing is this isn't a one and done. Like I, you probably still have some work to do there. You probably can still go back and have a, a longer conversation with, with little Marcus and talk to him and help him understand, like just work, walk him through it, but you can do it. That's the coolest thing about this exercise. And this is probably one of the most impactful things that I've ever learned from Andrea is I can heal myself. Absolutely. And your higher self has all the answers and you all talk the in the language the little boy can get. I understand myself perfectly. Yes. Nobody understands me like I'm like right. me. Yeah, and so, so when I go back and talk to myself and, and if you, if you do this exercise and you actually close your eyes and you visualize big you and little you having a conversation. And when I did it, big me, like literally just grabbed little me by the shoulders and was just like giving myself the ultimate pep talk and then hugged myself. Guys, this sounds crazy, but it's the most powerful thing I've ever done to heal myself that I've, that I've ever experienced in my entire life. So, um, following along, I want you guys to do this because Marcus, you guys saw, I mean, do you feel the energy? There was, there was something happening there. And there was, was empathy and sympathy there. Right? Yeah. And everyone was present Yeah, and everyone felt it because you stayed present. You didn't leave and go off on a tangent on your own thing. You stayed present with him. So you felt it. I was feeling it with him. I was <laughs> exactly. literally experiencing that, 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 powerful stuff so marcus my challenge to you is to go work on that even some more go go do that exercise um at home or when you get some time to be by yourself and and continue to walk young marcus you know those i moments. think that we should do like a 30-day checklist thing because honestly if i you know you say yeah, i should go home and do that i'm probably gonna not yeah. i'll forget yeah, and yeah. i won't do it but if if there's something written and it's all out right. and like yeah, we can add that to the you know five what i mean thing. Yeah. talk to have a conversation with your 
with your younger, your younger self. self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, we'll go ahead and, uh, I mean, we've covered a lot of ground. So this was kind of like a Q&A mixed with um, just some of, the, some of your most... Pa- well, we answered a lot of questions, <laughs> we but we didn't do it one by one, but we took kind of the culmination of right. all of the questions we got and put it into a format. Yeah. So with that, uh, we have the checklist that we're going to create. And um, I think... Honestly, with this checklist, I think the best thing that we can do is probably just create this one exercise um, because it's a lot and it's uh, it's going to be something that you may not get the first time. It may take you a couple tries, but what we just did and what Andrea just uh, showed you how to do, find a moment in your childhood, um, preferably in your childhood because it's easiest. Elementary age. Elementary age. Mm-hmm. Some of those experiences and times are the most like um, impressionable. Yeah, impressionable and you they remember them and, and they probably had the biggest lasting impact on you. So go find one of those moments. Discover the emotions that are attached to it, um, anger, uh, sadness, resentment, whatever they are, and don't be afraid and don't lie to yourself. Maybe you could do that and do the mirroring one. Mirroring. Where you find, you know, if someone's bugging yes, or irritating yes, you, definitely. maybe ask, have an exercise where you ask God or your Okay, give us these two exercises then. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. So the first one is going to be go, the one that we just did, go find uh, go find a memory and, and, and take your higher self and... Comfort your younger self. Uh, that sounds so crazy saying, but it's just the most powerful thing that you probably are going to do in a long time. Next exercise is going to be um, go find what it is about other people that's really bugging you and then fix take a look in, in the yourself. mirror and fix it in yourself and realize that it's probably you. So those are going to be two checklist items, two very powerful exercises. Um, Andrea, you're amazing. Um, Thank you for having me. I love working on, I love working with this group. You guys are awesome. We're lucky I to have it. you. We're very, very lucky to have somebody like you. Thanks, Kenny. You're the best. Thank you. Thank you both. Thanks, Thank you three. Thank you all. So guys, um, as always, you can find Andrea online um, on her Instagram, which is Andrea Carver Wellness, um, just on Instagram, or andreawellness.com is your website. And you love getting messages. Uh-huh. So people, if you I have questions connect. or anything, if you want to DM her, um, she's very active on there. And uh, slide in the DMs and, and uh, go. get the conversation going. Go to her website, though. I'm just going to throw this in there. I downloaded her, um, is it the Chakra one, right? The Chakra, what, go to the website and do the Chakra. Oh, that I'm going to do one on May 6th. Learn about the chakras? Is that the live Zoom no, no, one? The, the one I downloaded oh, from your the, website. Oh, I have a meditation. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. It's a meditation it one that you go to bed when you have a hard time sleeping and you can listen to it. It's meant to do while you sleep. So while you go to bed at night, you listen to it while you sleep. It cleans out all your chakras, clears your mind, replaces it with the positives. So I didn't that, know it was before bed, so I've totally done it like throughout the day or whatever. But there's but, another one that you can okay. do in the day. There's Keep in a, mind, it looks like a CD. So you don't think naturally to click on it, but that's how you download it. Yeah, so, so you download it on your phone. There's two for one, a morning one and a yeah. night one. Love yeah, I'm going to do that. Awesome. Okay, well, Andrea, thank you so much as always. And our listeners, thank you because I know that you're making a big difference and uh, you're healing a lot of people. You're taking your superpowers that you have and now reaching more and more people. And, and there's, wait, I want to say there is a changer story on, if you go on and it has a 17 page workbook that goes with it. And it's me on taking website? on my website. It's me taking you through the steps of learning how to change your story. So you don't keep repeating the same patterns yes, over and over again. Yes. So 
So you you just download that one too. And just then, go straight to our website, guys, yeah. and change your story. And then the the, the you got meditations on there. Right. And there's download. two of them. There's a freebie that you get on uh -huh. Change Your Story with my daughter. It's not that one. It's uh -huh. one that you can get a workbook with. Let's do it. Let's. I, I would challenge everybody to do that. So AndreaWellness.com, um, and guys, just get to work because. This isn't hard work. It's mm -hmm. just taking the first couple steps, but the results are more powerful than anything you could do for yourself. Um, and the workbook and the workbook will take you through a step by step process on how that. to do it. That's what we are. We're step by step by it, guys. That's why we have the checklist here. So, all right, guys, thanks for joining us. And Andrea, thanks again. We'll Thank see you guys you. next time. Bye.